Thank you for listening today on Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to check us out at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. In just a moment, Pastor Larry will be teaching us a constant truth from God's Word to help us in this always changing world. You can always find more teaching with Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number four, others. That would be Freedom Church for others. Now, let's get to learning the Bible to live the Bible with Pastor Larry. Well, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry with Freedom Ministries. Thanks so much for joining me today. I do apologize for the late delay and start. I uh, just hit a little bit of a snag before noon, and but here we are and we're online, and we're together. I want to thank you for joining me today. Maybe it's uh, on Facebook for you at the moment. Uh, Thanks that you could take a little bit of time out of the middle of your day, and if you're at work, I do apologize, uh, because I know that your time is very valuable and limited. If you're listening on the podcast, that's awesome as well. I want to thank you so much for being a part of that and giving a listening ear uh, to the podcast at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. Let me say up front, as we begin our study, I'm going to be talking about from 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, a good and um, final post for the moment. Um, This is going to be uh, titled Finishing Strong. And when I got to thinking about my time here at Freedom Ministries as the lead pastor for over 13 years, what I've seen in people, um, this text came to my mind. When I, when I thought, thought about um, lives being impacted, uh, people being reached, uh, ministry changes, and even the scope and uh, layout and of a ministry, uh, even to the point of rebranding and just getting a fresh start, I got to thinking of serving because that's what it comes down to, serving, serving people, serving the Lord. And when you think of serving, serving Christians who serve obviously end up leaving a legacy. And that's why I've titled this Finishing Strong. People will not remember how you start, but they will remember how you finished and the last leg of your race and whatever it is, maybe it's at your job. Um, maybe it's even at the end of your life. Maybe it's the end of a, a college career. People will remember how you finished, not how you started. And this is exactly where the apostle Paul has us in second Timothy chapter four. And I thought for a close of, um, my Facebook study with you for the moment, as well as the podcast, and I'll pick up back in a month because we are relocating and uh, moving to a new ministry. That's what God has done for us, and that process has been long, and uh, it's been um, arduous as far as really making sure that this is a God move, and now that we're at that place in our life, if I was to give a final message or lesson, this would be it. If I could challenge you, if I was never going to be able to see you again, um, 
this would be my message. If it, this was the message for a church, the last message, um, I think this is it. And I, I think this is good. And when I got to think about this, as Paul wrote his letters, his books, the epistles, that's what the word epistle means, letters, he, he writes, and I love the ending of his letters, he, he writes so personal. And so this would be a personal thought for you. Um, and so as I share this, I, I share this with a heart of gratitude and thankfulness, as well as encouragement for you as a believer to keep going and to stay strong. Yep, stay strong in the battle. Stay strong in your walk with God. And don't quit and continue, no matter where it is. Maybe it's in a different city. Maybe it's in a different church. Maybe it's in a different state. I hear you. I'm, I'm going to experience that. But wherever you are, serve well, start well, but most certainly finish well. And as Paul wrote these letters, as we're going to see even in 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul writes, and what you find is he's writing to everyday people just like you and I. He writes to people I, I want to call salt of the earth. And when you serve with people like I have with the folks here at Freedom for over 13 years, man, they're salt of the earth. Just get in and get it done. And uh, just the leadership team to the people that attend and come each and every week, you find that they're just everyday people. Right? That's, that's what we are. Christians are made up of everyday people. They're not some elite group or some super-minded or superhero-minded people. No, we're, we're just people who are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And collectively, through God's Word and through Christ, we do something amazing. From our lives being impacted, we desire and should want to impact the lives of others. But what you find here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 is he shares so intimately with the audience, which is you and I today. You find Paul's humanity. And I love this because if you'll join me in 2 Timothy chapter 4, you, you see the personal side of the Apostle Paul. And I love this because sometimes when you read the Bible and you see the, the people in the Bible, and there's a lot, sometimes you can get disconnected that these are real people that really lived on this earth and existed. These are not made up. This is a real book involving the lives of real people, people with problems, people with difficulties, people with uncertainty in their life. Most certainly people with failures and people with sin in their life. Yet God wrote about them and used them to be a help and encouragement to even us today. And sometimes we can disconnect ourselves from hearing lessons and teaching and stories um, illustrated in the Bible of individuals and almost not really connect to him personally. Well, I love this about Paul. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, as we begin our text today, he says this in verse 9. Listen to these words. Diligently try to come see me soon. 
diligently, I'll get the word out, try to come to me soon. Paul's not near the people that he's writing to, yet he's like, I'd love to see you. My family and I are going to experience that as we move from one ministry to another. And it's just a different location. Yes, and family, personally, bloodline, yes, will be distant from as well as the church family. And yet Paul writes so sensitively with humanity. And I hope to see you soon. And you start to see Paul's heart here open up. And I love that because sometimes we don't always see that in one another. And so Paul was about to give an illustration and talk about some individuals in his ministry. And here he even says in verse 13, if we'll continue to look at this side of Paul, he says, when you come, so I can't wait to see you. And when you come, bring with you the cloak or the, the coat that I left at Churras with Carpus and the books, but especially the parchments. Hey, I left a few things. Would you mind bringing them to me? And I love this because he's like, hey, he just, yeah, he's the Apostle Paul and he wrote 13 books of the Bible, but then you also see the humanity side. Hey, I forgot some things. And while I'm not with you, I hope to see you. And when you do come, hey, could you bring me this? And I love that because it just helps us connect with real people, right? And Paul here is about to be executed. And he's writing this letter of 2 Timothy from prison. And he mentions all kinds of people. He mentions people all in his books that he writes. And as he's writing, he shows not only that they were servants, but they were just like you and me. And they put on their clothing just like you and I. And what you learn about, you learn about people from Paul, especially when it comes to their faithfulness in serving Christ. And I think this is where I want to close out the podcast ministry here at Freedom and the and the Facebook Live uh, studies with you here at Freedom With. Paul was always sending people and teaching them and encouraging them to keep serving and impacting the lives of others. And he was compelling them and encouraging them to go wherever the need was in churches that he planted. And that they just would stand in the gap and do whatever is needed. And that's my challenge to you. And there's even a couple guys that he mentions in this text, and I want to point them out to you. There's two men in the text. One, we want to be like. One, we do not. And these guys that Paul mentions in the text are two men by the name of Demas and Mark. Unfortunately, Paul tells us and has the unfortunate obligation to tell us about Demas in verse 10. Notice verse 10, he says of 2 Timothy 4, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed to Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. 
So he does mention some others, but Demas he mentions too. There's a separation of Demas than the other guys. But then he mentions uh, the other man named Mark. In verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. Okay, Luke the physician. Get Mark, he says. Luke, get Mark and bring him with you for he is profitable for me for the ministry. So as he's writing this, and Mark is the same Mark, John Mark, who wrote the second book of the New Testament. And the Bible says, Paul lets us know that all of these guys made some mistakes. But there's a difference between one of them. One of them made some mistakes and had failures in her life, but once again, he became trustworthy and had become useful. And as I thought about this and getting to the end of this journey here, I thought about what kind of legacy are you going to leave? What will you leave behind? People do come and go. Uh, People live and die. People move. Uh, People change jobs and relocate. Uh, Will it be one of faithfulness? Will it be known as one who started well but finishes poorly? Will it be one who was remembered as having a servant's heart? Yes. These guys made mistakes, and the truth is we all will. But they learned from them. Do we serve people as Jesus did and would have us to do? So as we examine these two men, Demas and Mark, we got to ask ourselves, which one are we going to be like? So if we were to summarize these two guys and their lives, I think you see this first, and I want to talk about Demas. And here's the first thought I want to give you when we talk about the man Demas. Number one, Demas started strong, but he finished weak. Look at verse 10 again. It says, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. The name Demas, you don't find people naming their kid Demas. Um, Yes, you find people naming their kid John or Mark or Luke, but Demas, uh, not so much. I've never heard of that name except out of the Bible. And, um, you know, it's funny. Maybe it sounds a little bit too much like demon. Hey, come here, demon. I mean, Demas. And uh, (laughs) I, I mean, We're not making light of it, but there's something associated with Demas that does not set well here. And Paul said that Demas forsook him. And this is some strong language, and as a matter of fact, it's very pointed. And when you look up the word forsaken, Demas has forsaken me, that word forsaken means to leave to desert. It wasn't that Demas decided to go serve somewhere else. 
and or lead somewhere else. That's not what he did, which he had every right to do. And the fact is, it would have been okay because Paul even mentions that there are some other guys who did that and they were serving in a different area or a different place. But that's not the case for Demas. For Demas, he abandoned his commitments to Paul and more importantly, his commitments to God and God's word. He left them for sinful fleshly desires. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you were to back up two chapters and you don't have to do that, the Paul likens um, Christians to soldiers and soldiers who are faithful and soldiers are who can be counted on. They're not quitters, but Demas, he quit. And my challenge to you is, don't quit. Keep going. Keep growing. Keep serving. Demas was a deserter and no soldier of any merit. They sure don't win any medals. They don't get any accommodations by going AWOL. Demas is mentioned in the Bible in two other places, in Philemon 24 and Colossians 4. 14. And both times he is serving with the Apostle Paul. So he started well. He started strong, but he finished weak. The Bible says that Satan wants to sift you as wheat. He, he wants you to be like wheat and tares. And wheat and tares, they grow up together. And when grown and sown, they grow up together. One is beneficial and one is not. And if you were to look across the landscape of a field, you would not at a glance be able to tell the difference. But wheat and tares, it has to be sifted, sift you as wheat. Wheat has to be sifted. The husk and the non-essential and healthy part has to be pulled away. It literally has to be broken off. And farmers and those who know this that the husk and the part that is no good gets caught up in the air as it's being sifted and just kind of pulls away and is kind of like dust. It just, just separates from itself. And the good part remains. All the other part is blown away. But the good part remains and falls to where it can be harvested. And the question that we're left with when we're thinking of this illustration that Paul gives us about finishing strong and this guy named Demas is, why did he quit? If he was found serving with Paul and he started strong, why did he quit? Well, the text of verse 10 actually tells us, it says that he loved he loved this present world more. The world here, when it says Paul, when he writes, says, um, Demas, having loved this present world, that world uh, isn't meaning like the earth in its round circumference. Okay. In the Bible, it when it says earth, in the context of whatever you're reading, it may be referring to the globe and to the circumference and the inhabitants of that. But often it is a reference, the word world is a reference to the satanic world system and its devices. 
See, Satan's plan is in opposition of God's. And, and Satan's plan is without any rules, without any boundaries, without any consequences. At least that's what he tells you. But it's not so. And Satan's philosophy is to live as you want. Just live up like you want. Just live any way that you want to. And don't worry. God's not going to hold you accountable. No way. God's not going to hold you accountable. He isn't going to do anything about it. And that's what he told Adam and Eve in the very beginning. Don't worry about eternal judgment. Just look out for yourself. And that's what this word world means in verse 10. So what are Satan's goal? What is his goal then? He wants to lure. He wants to draw in every person, every Christian back into his world system and destroy their life. And this is what happened to Demas. He wants to cause, he wants believers that are in Christ to blend in with this world system rather than oppose it. And God wants us to oppose it because God is the opposite of darkness. He is light, right? I remember before I got saved, in my sinful condition, and I recognized that without Jesus, I was going to spend eternity apart from Christ, I realized that I was, according to Romans 2, I was going to store up wrath against the day of wrath. But then once I got saved, there was nothing that Satan could do about my salvation because I became eternally secure in Jesus. Because Jesus is in God, and I am in Christ, and so Christ cannot be separated from God, so therefore I can't be separated from Jesus. But the fact is, the Bible teaches over and over about eternal security, which means once you're saved, you are always saved. Now, you are very capable of sinning once you're saved because you have choices, you have free will, and we do, but you don't lose your salvation. So if I cannot lose my salvation, and if Satan cannot take that away from you and I, then what can he do? I'll tell you what he can do. He can absolutely destroy your testimony and get you to doubt your identity that's in Christ. He can cause you and he can, he can have this such temptation in your life that you desire to live opposite of what God wants. And you don't live like a Christian. That's what Demas did. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. See, Satan wants believers to embrace this world system, Satan's world system, rather than shine as lights for Christ in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. That's what, right, of Philippians uh, 2.15 says, Philippians 2.15 tells us to shine as lights in a crooked and perverse nation. Ephesians 5.8 says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. This is why the encouragement is to stand strong. Don't 
become like a Demas. Stand strong. And remember, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And go out into the world, right? Go live in the world, yes, but don't be of the world. You are to be light, the light of the world, the Bible says. Demas fell in love with the world. And when he fell in love with the world, his love for God diminished. And there is the warning. That is the crux of the matter. This is where the rubber meets the road. You cannot love God and love the world at the same time. The Bible says in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, you will be passionate about what you love the most. If it's hobbies, maybe it's cars, money, relationships, work, etc., whatever the case may be, we follow and are passionate about what we love. You say, Pastor Larry, how will I know if I love something more than God? How do I how can I tell? That's a good question. And here's the answer. Whatever it is. If it is stealing your time and taking away your passion from God, then you know. Then you know you need to reprioritize and be honest that you actually might love whatever that is more than you do God. This is what verse 10 said about Demas, having loved this present world. Every day we pour things, or it should say, or should pour things in our life that are positive. Praying, that's positive. Reading our Bible, studying the Bible like we're doing together right now, that's positive. Having godly friendships, that's positive. Godly music in our life, coming to church, reading books, on and on and on. Those things are positive, and you know what they are, but some things aren't positive. Surrounding yourself around with critical friendships, things that are toxic, right? Things, people who don't love God most certainly won't help you live for God. Ungodly habits like destructive social media, materials that we might read that produce impure and unclean thoughts, anything that will steal and neutralize your love and passion for God has to go. We need things in our lives that will cause us to love God more and love the world less. This is how we finish strong. This is how we stand strong. Don't throw in the towel. Stay strong. That is what Hebrews 12.1 refers to. Hebrews 12.1 gives the analogy of running a race. And while running the race, here's what it says. Lay aside those things which easily set you back. The word uses beset you. So lay aside the things that easily beset you or set you back so you can run the race that is set before you. I've never seen a marathon runner or sprinter running a 
5K, 3K, 10K, whatever, that had a backpack on. Now, they may have something on if they're a triathlon athlete that may have some water, but even then, typically they don't. Extra burdens, weight, sin, other passions for God, other things other than for God, just only weigh you down. The Bible gives us another great verse in 1 John 2.17. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. How do I stand strong? But making sure that there's nothing in our lives that is stealing our passion and our love for God. Demas, well, he started strong, but he finished weak. Now let's look to Mark. Mark started weak, but finished strong. Mark was the opposite of Demas. But he didn't start that way. He started weak. And now look at verse 11 again of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Only Luke is with me, the physician. He says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is, I love this, profitable to me for the ministry. Sometimes, yes, Mark is referred to as John or even John Mark. Mark is the guy who 30 years prior had quit on Paul during his first missionary journey. Did you know that? Demas ended up quitting, but Mark started off quitting. Mark was a part of the team. He was part of the missionary team, but then he went back home. Matter of fact, he was with Paul on Paul's first missionary journey. He left them high and dry. They were with, he was with Paul. He was with the missionary team and they Literally, the Bible gives the account. They literally turned, right, in Acts 13. You can read about it. They literally turned and asked for Mark, and he was gone. He left them high and dry. He was nowhere to be found. Barnabas, who was with the team, during their second missionary journey, said, Hey, Paul, let's bring Mark with us. And Paul said, Absolutely not. He left us on our first missionary journey, our first uh, uh, venture, and now you, he, he can't be counted on. He's not profitable. As a matter of fact, Paul thought Mark was, right, unfaithful and unreliable. And at that moment, he was. As a matter of fact, this whole thing about Mark between Paul and Barnabas caused so much contention that they went their separate ways. I'm talking about Barnabas and Paul. Yep. Paul departed and went with Luke or Silas, excuse me, but Barnabas ended up taking Mark. What's interesting is, well, we don't like that Paul and Barnabas went separate directions. It is what the Lord wanted. And yes, it was even good for the moment because Mark was unreliable. But Barnabas saw something in him 
that Paul came to realize was true. Years later, Mark became profitable again. Because that's what Paul just said in verse 10. He says, or verse 11, hey, go get him because he's profitable. Well, 30 years ago, he wasn't profitable, but now he is. Something has changed. Mark is the same one, okay? Just to remind you that quit and greatly disappointed Paul in Acts 13, but now he's a profitable. And that word profitable means useful and easily used. I hope that is your desire as a Christian to be useful and easily used, profitable. Paul wanted Timothy to bring Mark with him to see Paul. Sometimes young Christians are slow out the gate. I think we all are. Everything is new and unexpected. And sometimes as a new Christian, we still have a lot of guilt and shame from our past. But as young Christians, they need to grow and they need to keep growing their faith as even we do today. And, and But that's the thought, right? And this is the key point. Keep growing in your faith. Keep growing. I think there's several lessons as I end this in just a moment and come to a conclusion. I think there's several lessons that we learned here, even when it comes to the regards of Mark and how Paul Realize Mark was not profitable, but now he is. I, I think what I gained from this, and I want to help us kind of navigate this together, is that don't be quick to write people off when they fail you. 13 years of ministry here in Virginia and over six years in Daytona, you, you learn something. And that is, don't be quick to write people off when they disappoint you and fail you. I'm thankful that early in on my Christianity and years of newly being saved, or even prior to that, people didn't give up on me. That people saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And I'm thankful for that. And I get to this story with Mark and Paul and Barnabas, and obviously the two disagreed about Mark. Yet, Barnabas was right. God has shown us so much mercy, hasn't he? God has shown us so much grace and forgiveness. And when I think about even the disciples, I think about Judas, who betrayed Jesus. I think about Peter, who denied Christ three times. I think about Thomas, who was a doubter. And I think even about the rest of the men who, when Jesus was taken away to go to Calvary, to be crucified, they fled and went in hiding. And yet somehow I, at some points, I think I won't do that. Or that I'm better than that? Or that I'm disappointed when others do that? No, I think we all need to be reminded. Don't be quick to write people off when they fail. Because this is what we've all done. 
we we have failed people over years, right? I, I'm sure I have more than I want to know, and so have you. But people need investing in. This is why we must stay the course and finish strong. And thank God Barnabas did that. And now he's back on the team with Paul. I think another lesson to learn here is, yes, don't be quick to write people off when they fail you, but be the one to help someone when they're down. Help people when they're down. I think you have two choices. We all do. Reach down and help someone up or kick them while they're down. What I love about this whole thing regarding Mark is, yes, it has a good outcome. Demas didn't. But that Barnabas believed in Mark and he gave him another chance. I love this portion. Can you imagine what would happen to Mark if Barnabas would have said, yeah, Paul's right. You're no good. You've wasted it. You've blown it. You are too far gone. It's unrecoverable. You've messed up way too much. You can't make this. You can't make amends. But Barnabas didn't. The Bible says and lets us know, according to Acts chapter 13 and the unfolding of this, that Barnabas took Mark and for years invested in Mark. And I love that. And now he's profitable again. Why? Because somebody invested in him. Somebody helped him when he was down. I don't know why Mark abandoned the whole thing early on in his first missionary journey with Paul. I don't know. I don't know what he was doing or what he was thinking. Maybe he was just scared. Maybe he was so unsure of his own abilities and calling. Maybe he was very nervous. Maybe he had family obligations. Maybe he had something. I don't know, but it became profitable again. I believe it became because someone helped him when he was down. So don't be quick to write people off when they fail you. Help someone when they're down. Another thought that I kind of learned from this whole lesson is admit when you've been wrong about someone. Admit when you've been wrong. Haven't you been there with me when you your first impression of someone wasn't your last impression. And your first impression was, oh, that person. Maybe you thought, oh, they're rude or they're going to be um, a prude or snotty or they're, they're not going to be friendly or they're stuck on themselves or they're arrogant or whatever. And then when you got to know them, you realize they're nothing like I thought they were. Can you imagine now when Paul said in verse 11, because Paul's writing to Timothy, Luke is with him, but he writes to Timothy and he tells Timothy, hey, go get Mark. And can you imagine Timothy going to Mark, 
showing up at his house and Mark goes, Hey, uh, Tim, what's up? He's like, Hey man, pack your stuff. Why? Cause you're leaving. You're coming with us. I'm coming with you. I'm, I'm not following coming with who you're coming with Paul and I and the team. Can you imagine the moment and the overwhelmingness of heart that Mark had at that moment? Hey, Mark, Paul said he needs you. You're needed. And you are usable and you've got something to give. You're going to be a great addition to the team. Come on, let's go. Can you imagine that? So what did Paul have to do? Paul had to admit he was wrong about him. Go get him. And I love that. So all through this humanity, this personal side of all of these guys, I think there's such connectivity and identification that we can have with them. And then the last thought that I want to give you is one failure in your Christian service and life does not need or make one's whole life a failure. So I want you to really hone in on this last thought. One failure in your Christian service doesn't need to make one's whole life or your whole life a failure. And sometimes this is how we gauge ourselves. We've messed up. We've blown it. And Satan would most certainly like you to think so. I've gone too far. If, if, people, if people knew. And th- this is all satanic fault and demonic influence. This is how Satan works. Yet the Bible says that God has forgiven us through Jesus Christ and has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And even so much that the Bible says that God chooses, he makes a choice to not remember our sins anymore. Now, I don't know about you, but there are some things I'd like to forget. And the more I try to not remember, I end up remembering. Yet, the Bible says this about the very character of God. And yet, Satan will stand right in front of us in our minds and rehash that over like the replay button on the DVR or back on the days of VHS and you rewind and play it again, rewind and play it again, rewind and play it again. That's what Satan does. This could have happened to Mark, but it didn't. Sometimes this happens to us and I'm challenging you and encouraging you and I am imploring you Don't let it happen. Don't let a failure in your life define you. Failure is not final, but the failure to change might be. I think that's a good statement and quote for all of us to remember. 
past is the past. And we are living in the present. And we're building a future. Whatever you have left. Wherever, whatever you may be facing, make those times, make these moments as you go forward to be used for God's glory. Wherever you are in this race, used for the glory, use it for the glory of God. What am I saying? Finish strong. Thank you so much for being so faithful and committed to the podcast ministry here through Freedom Ministries as well as through our Facebook Live post. Every Sunday will continue to be posted as well as encouragement from God's Word and things like that. Um, but this particular study and the podcast will be on pause for just a bit. And, and then you'll be able to find that. And those studies, hopefully by the beginning of November, to be picked up again through PastorLarry.org or podcast with PastorLarry.com. And so, again, I just want to express my sincere thank you and gratefulness for your commitment to invest in yourselves as well as others, spiritually speaking, by being a part of this. Freedom Ministries, we do not take that lightly. This is an investment. It's called the kingdom work. We desire to do God's work here on the earth. And so thanks again for being a part of that. And thanks for listening in and being challenged for this message today. As always, as I close, thank you. God bless you. You are loved and you are prayed for. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today for Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Connect with Pastor Larry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com to hear weekly biblical teaching. You can always find more teaching of Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number for others. That would be Freedom Church for others. This is a listener-supported podcast. Feel free to partner with us to further our reach of the gospel to the world. If you feel led to give, please log on to PastorLarry.org. Again, thanks for connecting to Podcast with Pastor Larry.